What does a Big Mac and your fitness business have in common? I don't know, Yusuf. What does it have in common? <laughs> well, that's the question we are going to address today. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. That's Johnny exciting. Ha- Johnny has to take a bottle cap out of his mouth <laughs> to answer that. <laughs> I was going to like shoot it at you, like spit it at you, but I thought it's, it's childish. Um, Thank you for no sparing problem. me that. Uh, honestly, anytime. So episode three. So we've covered us, background, bit about propane fitness. If you haven't been on propanefitness.com, for God's sake, go on propanefitness.com. Oh, for heaven's sake. Prove that, proof that we do do what we're talking about doing. Or we have done and do what we've talked about, dunning and doing. Um, yesterday, or not yesterday, in the previous episode, whenever you listen to this, uh, we spoke about the break-even back-end model and why you need a core sales process in your business to even get it off the ground. Um, but what happens after you've taken money from someone as an online coach? How do you ensure that um, you know you aren't sat up until um, 2 a.m. like we've been doing, you know, delivering customized, built from scratch every single time, services to clients, right? And so to bring it back to the Big Mac, consider the variation in every Big Mac or every McDonald's meal or every Starbucks coffee or every Subway sandwich or every Costa Panini that you've ever eaten, right? They are all pretty much identical. And that isn't because the CEO, as Ray Kroc, although you know, he's passed away, rest in peace, but the, the CEO of McDonald's isn't sat in every McDonald's making every Big Mac to ensure it's exactly the same from his special recipe that he's not shared with everyone, right? Instead, he just built a process. He just built a, built a system, built a process, built a recipe to deliver the same Big Mac every single time without deviation, without variation at all. And I think what most coaches falsely believe Again, super common when we speak to people. They think that their methodology, their system, the way they've been able to get results with clients offline is unique, it's special, and it's what makes them a coach. And in a way, they're right, right? Like that they do have um, something unique, which is why they're good at what they're doing. But it's the myth that having a standardized process is contrary to having to offering a good product or offering <laughs> something that is like, and if, you know, Unless you're a, a massive coffee snob and you like, oh, I refuse to lower myself to going to Costa or Starbucks. Like, then if you're someone that's ever been to one of those places, the, the coffee's been good, at, you know, or okay, at least. <laughs> I'm a coffee snob. I'm a massive coffee snob and I love Costa and Starbucks. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I, I'm glad I, I, you could say I, that. Just, it's I, just people, I think people just like to be able to say, like, oh, it's not, you know, it doesn't know the, the depth of flavour isn't there. Like, Piss off. Like, they, these it's are guys nice coffee. And they, like, you know what? Of well, yeah. You know what the proof is that it's nice coffee? Look at their revenue. 
Look at the revenue of your small boutique coffee shop. Look at the revenue of Starbucks, and they'll go, "Oh, yeah, but the majority's wrong." So, so that that is interesting. So, so you're saying as a customer that the coffee is good. Now, Starbucks, their goal is not necessarily to make a the best cup of coffee in the world. It's to make the same cup of coffee wherever you go in the world. But obviously, it has to be nice. If it's, if it's the same and shit, then no one's gonna no one's gonna drink it. But it's if you're in the Vatican, which I think they finally allowed a Starbucks there. Really. Um, or if you're in Tibet or Spain, you can go to a Starbucks and you're like, oh, thank God, Like, I know what I'm going to get here. Yep. And I like Starbucks, so I'm going to order it. So I, I love... So when you when I go out for dinner... I've dropped my bottle cap. I'm going to pick oh, it up. No. I was enjoying playing. When we go out for dinner, um, I have a nut allergy, right? Which is a real Achilles heel of mine. Like, it doesn't... I can deadlift as much as I want, but I can be taken down in an instant by a single peanut. But because of that, I love chain restaurants. Yeah. Yusuf hates chain. Wait, well, doesn't. You you don't like them, do you? You, the, lo- you like variety. Yeah. You get I, food FOMO. I, the, it's just, yeah, I get FOMO whenever I, you know, you go past a new restaurant that's popped up, you know, like a little... Like, ooh, I can't like, wait to try ooh, it. Korean chicken? You know, oh, okay, well, and then... But what I get in those in those restaurants, or what I'm worried about, is an inconsistent experience. So I Whereas, can say to the waiter... Has this got nuts in? They'll go, uh, let me just add. The chef's just new, so I'll go, actually, it is all made on the same surface. And you just imagine this mess in the background where there's just like peanut flour everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. And you think, you know what? I'm not going to bother. Go to Wagamama's, right? They have a special sheet. And they, have a, the they have man, a process. The, the man comes out. The manager. So you go to Wagamama's, you say, I have or a nut allergy. Or woman. <laughs> <laughs> or. Not, well, no, not no, no, no. We're going to get to this. A hole we don't want to get into. <laughs> so the manager comes out. And they have to follow a certain process. They give you a matrix. They, they good choice of words. <laughs> give you some, it's a specific process, and I get my meal nut free because it's systematized, right? Imagine a scenario where you went into Starbucks and on Monday, and you said, "I'll have a large americano, please." And you, they give you an americano, and it's made exactly how you want. Then you go on a Tuesday, and you go, "I'll have a large americano, please." And then they give it to you, but it's got like frothy milk in, and it's a bit cold. The guy goes, yeah. "I made it my way. This it, is uh, exactly. special americano." <laughs> then you go on a Wednesday, and you go, "I'll have a large americano, please." Just watch that, mate. <laughs> I'll make you. I'll make you coffee, right? And then, and it's Nescafe with semi-skim milk. And you go in on Thursday. And it's an Americana, but it's got a bit of cinnamon syrup in it. And it you know, so yes, you may get one of those days a week. You might be like, "Oh, that was cracking. I really liked that." But there's a risk, and it's inconsistent. Well, uh, so in a lot of depends on how tired the barista is, or who the barista is. Yeah. Or what, what time the barista what is speaking exactly? Yeah. And I think actually one of the worst things about a customer experience is inconsistency. Like people want like. You go at the barbers or the hairdressers, you want the same, you want a, an experience that you know what's going to happen. Like, even though a restaurant, there are variations, like, you still expect to go in there, be given a menu, be able to order, given your food, be able to pay and leave. Yeah. If that was just a complete crapshoot every time you went in, people probably wouldn't like going to restaurants. And so, online coaching, people don't really know what to expect, but they do expect consistency. One of the best ways to give a good service is that every person who comes through your program, there is, it's not, oh, well, I didn't have time to write your program today. You'll get it on Tuesday. Oh, well, sorry, I forgot to send the email or whatever. 
it should be automatic and instantaneous and it should be the same for everybody. That's such a good point about the customer experience that actually people, when they go, when they go for anything in the service sector, they want to be cradled. They want to, be, they want to hand over the sense of control and let the service giver yep. take care of it. Yep. And so, yeah, if it is a crapshoot, they feel unsettled. Like you go to a restaurant because you want to be waited on, literally, and you want to just be able to sit down and everything happens in order that you expect and you can relax and you can actually speak to your friends and not have not have to kind of think like, oh, do I need to pay at the bar or mm, do I... Oh, yeah. what, it's, it's jarring. So, and even like Nando's, you know, I have to pay up front for Nando's. Mm, I don't... Well, that is jarring because it's a pattern interrupt. It's not... It's like, what? Like you go, you go, the, you go you have got to, the, got to go to the till with the menu and you go to the till and they go, that'll be... Eight ninety nine, please. You're like, what? But what do you, what do you mean? Got the food yet? Yeah. Whereas you go to a Michelin star restaurant, and it's it's purely designed around the experience. Yes, it's all about you know the people think it's all about the food, but really it's it's the whole process from you walk in. There's a dude with a, a handkerchief in his neck, and he's like, mm. "Hello, sir. How are Hello, you? Hello, sir. How would you? How can I help you? Oh, would you like to try the tasting menu? Might also today? be a woman. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. In a, a Michelin star restaurant is actually a really good example, or like a really expensive restaurant, because you know when you you know when you everyone's been to a posh restaurant in their life, right? Where you go in and you're given like a course that you didn't even order, you oh, know, like it's a a mousse bouche, like for, a, a compliment from the chef, and you're like, this is brilliant. Like <laughs> I haven't paid for it. Well, actually, there's no they're not making a loss on the meal. Like it's all been factored in. They're still comfortably making a profit from you, just because they've given you a little bowl of like salmon foam and a crumpet or something like you think wow like this is fantastic and there was a a, there's a couple of times where i felt like we transitioned away from you know you and i manually doing everything like making the word document for everyone to thinking okay this is a system now and it's when you see the odd post in our client group of like a client who'd been like they've been onboarded they've you know you, we see like a before and after photo of someone and yusuf and i are like we don't even know who that is like we've never even spoken to that person. They're standing like with a propane fitness t-shirt in the hand. And it's not and like it's... just because we didn't touch them that they right. somehow <laughs> so, so derail I know you like porn and stuff. So you need to derail the podcast. <laughs> that there's that they you know, that they haven't got a worse service, that they've actually they've got fantastic result and we've seen the mm. before and after picture and we've like we've not interacted with them. It's it's and they're over the moon. Well it's an ego hit, isn't it, to think that actually removing us probably gave them a better chance of having a better experience because mm -hmm. add us Maybe into it like away. we're just two people with two laptops like we're just trying our best but that ultimately you forget to do stuff eventually long enough timeline enough clients you'll forget to send someone their plan you'll forget to send someone like the document they need the link they needed you'll forget to reply to an email and if you're in the uk people are very polite and they'll they might not chase you for it they just won't renew They'll just cancel and that's yeah. it. Like you're not going to gain their trust back because there's no, there's nothing for them to rely on. There's nothing for them to expect. They don't know they're supposed to even get a plan. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like this service is rubbish. This is weird. Yeah, I paid for something. I'm... But it, it is. It's when we see like a before and after photo being posted, and it's someone who's like, guys, this has been a fantastic twelve week program or whatever, and you're like, who? Like that name? I remember seeing an email pop up on a, like a PayPal or a Stripe notification a while ago with that person's name on, but we've not touched them. And that's exactly the same as the CEO of McDonald's speaking to someone who had a brilliant, you know, chicken McNugget <laughs> the day before. Like it's not, they had nothing to do with the chicken McNugget. They made the system that built the chicken McNugget and the customer experience. And, and at, at his level, he's never even seen the man who, who killed yeah. the chicken, who got the... Yeah, you know, he's pro level. 
He doesn't yeah. even know what, what McDonald's they were at. And that, I suppose that's one of the best lessons in business is that if you cannot completely remove yourself from the delivery of your service, it's a job, not a business. And it's the same with sales. So if you have to do all the sales calls, if you have to get all the leads manually by messaging people, if you have to send everyone's plan manually, that's just a job. And when you want to go on holiday, you suddenly realize that, you know, when you're coaching, again, we hear about this all the time, like, oh, guys, I need some help because my clients are what, my like three clients are WhatsApping me all day and I get messages at 10 p.m. saying, can I have a donut? Oh, sickening. <laughs> and um, that's not a business. It's in fact digging at a grave. You're digging a grave, you're making your quality of life poor, but also from a growth perspective, you capped your growth. You've mm -hmm. capped it at the number of hours that you can stay awake for. What do you think about somebody who is worried about giving this, giving a coaching service online because they feel like they aren't good enough? So imposter syndrome. Because mm -hmm. I think that's another, because like, yeah. people are like, oh, I can't deliver coaching online because I can't handle 30 people WhatsApping me. And then probably the other objection. So the answer to that is you build a system that delivers the, the, the program. It's people who are like, oh, I'm fine with building a system. I'm not good enough. I don't feel like I'm worthy to coach these people. And that's a very that's a very common thing that we get with business clients. And these are even people who have been PTs for years or have been working with people for a long time, but still have this niggling sense of like, oh, should I really be the one that's offering this? It's because you're going up against like celebrities essentially, aren't you? Like if you're an evidence-based coach mm -hmm. and you offer online coaching, it's suddenly you versus Eric Helms. It's you versus Mike Isretel. And you're like, Whoa, like I'm not, yeah, I, haven't got a, I haven't got a PhD, mate. Like, you're like yeah. he's the professor of nutrition at California, whatever. He did and a PhD in protein. Like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to manage that. So there is that. There, there is also that um, something that, in fact, this was Eric Helms that said this. People don't buy coaching, they buy coaches. Mm. And the same is exactly the same as picking your, like when you're friends with someone, Think of a friend that you have or or your partner. You don't think like, oh, what? Like, I'm not worthy to be their mate because um, mm. there's Prince Charles over there. And I'm sure he's an absolute <laughs> laugh. Or like, there's, you know, um, or like you with with your, your girlfriend, you're like, oh, but there's... Um, or boyfriend. Or, or boyfriend. You're like, what, what about... Oh, but there's George Clooney over there, so... Mm. Um, I bet he's got better banter than me. He's a much better banter than I have. So <laughs> it's like, well, it doesn't matter because hopefully your partner is not interested in George Clooney because, or Georgina Clooney, um, <laughs> because, um, what, because they fell in love with you and that they, they like your specific quirks and, um, and factors and things that you offer them through your marketing and sales done funnel. through your marketing sales funnel. So the, the product you offer, it could just simply be that you are a more human and re human version or, or you resonate more with the person who you're talking to. And you don't know who that's going to be until you put yourself out there. And yes, it is, it is scary. The internet's a very nasty place and people do write nasty comments and things, but not as much as you'd expect. If anything, the predominant, uh, emotion from the internet is indifference. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not hate and it's not love. It's just, cold indifference that you can put something up there and you much worst case you get no comments if you get someone that's like oh you're a dick whatever that's great that's fantastic you've actually managed yeah. to, because there will be someone on the other side that is like i love this guy or girl so <laughs> <laughs> i've got a complex now so so yeah the that, that's that's one part of it the other aspect is that 
knowledge is forever, is infinitely deep. And the more you start to learn about something, as I'm sure you've experienced, um, the the more you realise how much there is to learn and actually like, you're like, oh man, like I am a basic bitch here because mm-hmm. there's so... Whereas all you have to be, as far as the client is concerned, is good enough to get their job done, good enough to get them the result they're looking for. And for that, you only need to be a chapter ahead. Exactly. Uh, the If you've not seen Catch Me If You Can, it's a good film, um, but there's a scene in there where Frank Abagnale, I think this happened in real life, but Leonardo DiCaprio teaches an entire semester of the class that he was supposed to be a student in. And they ask him at the end, like, how on earth, you know, he's a professional con man ultimately, but how on earth were you able to do that? He's like, well, I just read the chapter prior to the lesson. Like I was just one chapter ahead. And I think there is, in fact, we, I got a message from someone this morning. You might not have seen it yet, but the guy was like clearly angling at, he, he, so he'd responded to an ad for one of our business products. And he was like, do you check that everyone doing this is a qualified personal trainer? And I tried to answer his question. He persisted and a very annoying person. Um, but, I think, you know, to say everybody must have a qualification to deliver help is too extreme. I agree that people need to be competent and there should be ideally qualifications in place. You have to be safe. Yeah, safe. Um, But like, does that mean that if your friend or partner advises you, asks a question on something that you have more experience in, that unless you have the you know the best qualification you're the ultimate global authority on that topic <laughs> then you can't say anything i think as long as you're one chapter ahead and you know ideally like you are i think where people shouldn't enter the online fitness world is if they have zero experience right you should have some results you should have some experience yourself ideally you've coached someone before in in the ideal world but with the example of the staying a chapter ahead mm. it the the only difference there is that he was a con man he was pretending to be the professor but <laughs> You, you don't have to pretend to be anything that you're not. You don't have to try, you know, just because you know something more than your client does about something, you can say, look, I've, I've had this experience and here's how, here's how I can help you. But know the limits of your remit, know the limits of your knowledge. And it, it, it's actually more credible, more trustworthy to say, oh, you know what? I'm actually not sure on this. I'll go and find out for you. Or mm. I can refer you on to this person who might be able to help more. The, uh, there's nothing worse than a PT who tries to offer medical advice or, oh, you know, steps outside and you're like, oh, because not only do they sound like an idiot, but they're, they're stepping into a, a realm that their insurance doesn't cover, for example, and the client then loses faith in them or the worst case, they misdiagnose or they miss something that then ends up complicating and getting worse. So as long as you say, like, here's, I, I can help you with your body composition, you're experiencing medical symptoms, I would recommend you see the GP or I would, or you've got a knee pain, I'd recommend you go see a physio. And so that way you are still offering value and helping the client by being the signposter for things outside of your remit and you still come across as the authority. You haven't, you've still saved face. You've not come across as, uh, you don't have to become this omnipotent. There are, yeah. I think there are, and the people will get offended by this, but there are just as many examples of people who have a PT qualification who probably aren't as equipped, aren't very well equipped to help people as there are people who don't have a PT qualification who would be a fantastic coach. Uh, Yeah, 
So just the qualification alone doesn't confer that there actually would be a good. Coach. So to say, like the guy's question today of like, do, should, people should have a PT qualification. It's like, well, oh, like we we've seen people with all the letters after their name, and they're yeah. terrible. <laughs> like the, there's a, there's a several examples, in fact, of um, like there's one guy in particular who I know really rattles our rhubarb collectively for two reasons. So he gives he uses a lot of sort of pseudoscientific terms and pretends to be an expert in like he's given advice on like nutrition for autism before do you know who i mean yeah <laughs> um he's uh he's constantly talking about metabolic processes that he just doesn't understand um so we heard all this yusuf went and got a medical degree to check whether he was right or not <laughs> turns and out his uh, gut healing protocol is uh not not a gut not healing sound. protocol <laughs> He then also, I heard a I heard an episode of him talking about business advice. I went and got an accountancy qualification to check whether he was correct with that. And uh, negligent stuff, like really, like fundamental stuff that he's that he's making a mistake in. And so, like we are an example of of two people who have like post uni qualifications in other things. So I went, I've got an ACA in accountancy which is a useful thing, really difficult to do. But if someone was like, are you an expert in business? I'd be like, no, absolutely not. Like Richard Branson isn't a chartered accountant, definitely understands more about business than me. We should call this episode Mount Stupid. <laughs> because, uh, but do, like, do, you, do you understand I, all of medicine? I, not at all. I, well, there you go. But you're a doctor. My, my penis is very, my medical penis is very small. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just only just growing, isn't it? This, oh, so the, the, this, is, this is Mount Stupid. This is exactly it. So the, if, if you might have heard of this, referred to as the Dunning-Kruger effect. That is, if somebody has never played golf before and they see Tiger Woods and they're like, oh, that looks, looks like a piece of piss. Just, you just ball take, in hole. take a stick, mm. hit the ball in the hole, like, that looks fine. And then they start playing golf and they're like, oh, actually, I've realized, like, this is much harder than I thought. They play a bit more, they get a little better and they're like, oh, I'm getting good at this, I think I'm a pro. But then there's a, there's a little hump where they think that they're better than they are and then they get slightly better and they go into the big boys field and then they're like, oh no, I'm... Really- oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I suppose, is the same as you becoming... You passing your degree, becoming a doctor, and then you speak to a consultant in... I don't know. Yeah, you speak to like a consultant endocrinologist. Like a brain surgeon. And, and you're like, like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's They this- look down their glasses at you and you're just like, oh between like operating on someone's some one guy's brain and the other guy's brain <laughs> you're like oh fucking hell like it's but it's that that exists in everything and i think the often there are examples of people this guy in, in particular you know he's got a pt qualification thinks he's the the bollocks and he's he's set up camp on at the top of mount stupid and he just doesn't quite yet realize that the things he's talking about that he thinks he has mastery and expertise in are far more complex than he can even begin to imagine, that he's even aware of. And so it's not, what we're saying here is not, you know, he shouldn't be giving advice. Because he absolutely, to people who are less advanced than him, he is absolutely positioned to share the lessons from his, what he's tried that didn't work, that did work. Because everybody's just on a journey. And if, you've, if you're slightly ahead on the same journey as that person, you can say, look, I've, I've done this. Let me just share a few tips with you to help it help this process go a bit quicker, a bit easier, avoid the same frustrations. Where we think things get pretty serious and actually quite dangerous very quickly are 
when people start straying out of that, pretending to be experts in things that they aren't. I sent you a, this is going to get very dark very quickly. I sent you a link yesterday to a lady who has just died. Oh, yeah. Because she refused chemotherapy instead opting for like natural healing solutions. And Mm. there are several coaches online who are, who we've seen videos where they say, like, if you're ill, you want to stay as far away from a hospital as possible. Never, you know. Uh, like if you have cancer, don't don't get chemotherapy. Go into a forest, and let your body heal naturally. That again, so that's that's what happens when someone's on the top of Mount Stupid, and they start shooting people <laughs> on the on the other side of Mount Stupid. You know, that's when it becomes. You know, people die when you start giving advice that is that is negligent like that. So, yeah, that's where just don't just don't do that. <laughs> Otherwise, we will be upset and we'll, we'll come get you. So there, the, there it is. The how to, how to deal with imposter syndrome. Yep. Effectively recognize your remit. Don't worry about trying to be omniscient. Just um, be one chapter ahead and, you know, be upfront, be honest with that. And your client will respect you and love you for it more. And then in terms of delivering coaching, it's it's not about just because you worked harder to to do something or just because you spent more time on something in that moment doesn't mean that it's offering a better value to the customer and yeah. that's all that they care about. And I suppose the, the quickest actionable tip for that is every time you do anything in your business, try and make it the last time you do that thing. So every time you answer a question, every time you build a program, every time you send someone a par queue, think how can I make it so that this is the last time I do this manually myself? Food for thought. We will discuss tactics and specifics on how to do that over the coming episodes. There is hundreds, probably if, probably two to f- two to six hundred <laughs> systems that we have in the business. For the, I think for the coming episodes for things like this in the coming episodes. Coming, coming in the coming in the episodes to come. In. <laughs> you just love porn, don't you? Any any time that you can mention porn. Bye. Bye.